Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. I really do believe that, that just as real as the book of Acts and the early Testament, or the New Testament and the early church was, uh, they really, really happened, and it can still and should be happening again today. Amen? All right, let's look at, uh, we're going to talk about Nathaniel tonight, just briefly, and then we're going to go to a time of prayer. But Nathaniel, his name means king's gift, or God is given, or a giver of God, something to do with giving a king or a gift, uh, and that's Nathaniel. And we're in John chapter 1, verse 45, and you just kind of just turn there with me, John chapter 1, verse 45, but Nathaniel, he is called Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, and that's where he's from. Galilee is a rural area. Remember, I've told you before, uh, Galilee is a lot like central Louisiana, 40 square miles. Uh, it's a blue collar. They had a, a, a kind of a southern draw, even though they were in the north. They had a little southern draw, and they were fishermen and farmers and uh, conservative, uh, religious, and that's kind of where Nathaniel's grown up, in the highlands of Galilee. And we know him as Nathaniel in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But we also know him as another name, Bartholomew. Did you know that? Nathaniel uh, is known as Nathaniel or in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But John never mentions Nathaniel. He only mentions Bartholomew. And the reason we think it's the same guy is because he always has a best friend in Scripture. And that best friend is Philip. And whenever you see Philip in the, uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, you see Philip and uh, Bartholomew in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But in John, you always see Philip and Nathaniel. And it wasn't uncommon back then to be called by a Hebrew name or Aramaic name, but also a Greek name. We've got Paul and Saul. We've got different guys like Cephas and Peter, uh, all the same guy, right? And so John, the apostle, calls him Nathaniel by his Hebrew name, uh, and he is the sixth disciple named by John, and his conversion only appears in the Gospel of John. We don't see this story, so we're going to look at a little unique perspective tonight from the Gospel of John. And uh, we don't know why John calls him uh, Nathaniel instead of Bartholomew. Uh, perhaps there was a unique relationship there uh, and a friendship, but uh, we know him as Nathaniel, his Hebrew name, and uh, John. So here's, here we are. We have the Apostle John, and uh, John, we've already talked about with his uh, story of faith, uh, a couple weeks ago, that John is so moved by the first time he encounters Jesus Christ, he remembers the day and the hour, and he detail records the first three days of his uh, relationship with Jesus Christ. And Nathaniel is blessed enough, really lucky enough, to be included in that. So let's look at this a little bit. John chapter 1, verse 45. On day one, I'm going get, to get us caught up. On day one, John and Andrew... They were disciples of John the Baptist, okay? They've met Jesus. They went and told their brothers. Andrew went and told his brother Peter. John, uh, the apostle John, went and told his brother James, okay, that they found this guy named Jesus. Meanwhile, here we are. Jesus has found a guy named Philip in Galilee. And Philip, being the zealous new convert he was, went to go tell his good friend, Nathaniel. So here, verse 45, Philip found Nathaniel and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and of the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Now that's a powerful statement right there that I believe that the thousands of years of prophecy that have been foretold from the beginning have just come to pass. That'd be like me coming up to you today and saying, Jesus, Miss T, is coming back right now above Crave Coffee Shop. Let's go look. I mean, it would be like I'm telling you something 
magnificent is happening. This is like the real deal. The end of the last days has just occurred. I found the guy Moses was talking about. And now we you know Moses is up here. And so he says, we found him and his name is Jesus. He's of Nazareth. His dad is Joseph. And Nathaniel says to him, what? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip said to him, come and see. That would be like me telling you, I just won this awesome thing. You should, and you'd be like, yeah, that's nice. You know, like, like this guy's like, come on. I think we just found the guy who is the David Messiah, the Davidic king, the one who's going to bring the earth back to order and bring everything back into place. And he's going to redeem the lost and kingdom of heaven is going to come down. He's going to wipe out all the other armies of the world. I mean, this guy's going to be awesome. And he's like, yeah, but can anything good come out of Nazareth? You just slap somebody like that? You know, just be like, no, I found him. I found him. And so uh, we look at here, and, and what does he say? Philip says, now come and see. Nazareth was this small little town, uh, not too far from Cana, where uh, Philip was from. Okay, so you've got Philip and, uh, sorry, Nathaniel and Nazareth, they're all both living there. So Jesus and Nazareth, just a couple hills over, is uh, Nathaniel and his town, Cana. And so they're both rural towns. That would be like us saying here in Louisiana, uh, hey, can anything good come out of Jonesville? Can anything good come out of Allah? <laughs> Don't be shaking your head. Some of y'all from both towns, okay? But that's what it would be like. You got this rivalry. We got a football team against the Allah football team. You know, it kind of be like, yeah, but can anything really good come out of Allah? You know, like, I mean, that'd be kind of what we'd be saying. So you kind of got this little tiff here. Well, instead of arguing with him, Philip just says, okay, I'm not going to argue with you. Why don't you just come check him out for yourself? Isn't that the best thing to do sometimes when we talk to people about Jesus? Man, I'm not going to argue with you uh, whether or not I think or you think he's the Messiah. Why don't you experience God for yourself? Why don't you just come to church with me? Why don't you let me just pray with you? Why don't you just test God in this and see if he won't make himself real to you? And I think that's kind of where we need to be in our world today. I don't need to argue. I know all the atheist arguments. I know all the scientific arguments. I've, I've heard the political arguments. It doesn't really matter. You need to experience Jesus Christ for yourself because he's real. I've met him. And that's kind of where we see Philip leading Nathaniel. So what happens? Nathaniel takes him up on it. Let's look a little further. So here we go. Look in verse 47. Philip, he's like, don't argue with me. You just need to experience it. And that's kind of what we're talking about tonight. You need a personal experience with Jesus Christ. And I'll say one thing about Nathaniel too. And this is a little plug. One thing I respect about Nathaniel in this is that he did not believe just anything somebody said. And there are going to be a lot of waves of a lot of doctrines, the Bible says, in the last days. Itching ears. There's going to be a lot of false teaching and false messiahs. We are called to test everything against the word of God. And the Bible had told them that the Messiah would come and be born of Bethlehem. Well, he was also raised in Nazareth. So they said, this is Jesus of Nazareth. Nathaniel didn't have all the information that he was born in Bethlehem, but he was willing to test it out. And said, well, I'll go check him out and see. All right? So, hey, I don't care if Pastor Heath says it. Don't believe it unless you test the word of God. I didn't care if, if Brother Ron, Miss Evelyn, if we all start teaching something and you don't know or understand, you better go back to the Word of God. If the pastor that comes after me, I don't know what he's going to teach. You better bake it up with the Word of God. 
I don't care if a TV preacher who's got a big name and his face is on every billboard and website, you better test it against the Word of God. We can learn that first lesson from Nathaniel. But really, come and see, okay? Test what you hear. But hey, let's experience Jesus for himself. All right, so 40, verse 47. Now he's following Philip, okay? So Nathaniel is coming. It says, Jesus saw Nathaniel coming towards him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. And Jesus answered and said, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You'll see greater things than these. And he said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, after, uh, Hereafter you shall see heaven open, angels of God descending and ascending upon the Son of Man. Let's talk about this interesting calling here. Although he doubted Jesus as the possible Messiah, probably more than any other of the first six that were called, Christ has excused it. Think of this, the contrast. Before ever knowing anything about Jesus, Nathaniel has already said, eh, maybe it's not possible. I don't know of this guy. But as soon as Jesus sees Nathaniel, he says, this guy is awesome. This guy is an Israelite of all Israelites. He's a faithful man, a humble man. There's no deceit in him, no guile in him. And just, isn't that awesome how Christ, when the Bible says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us? Now, we're still speaking unknown truths of Christ before we ever meet him. We can make a decision about him. The world today making decisions about God before they ever met him, before they ever encountered him, before they ever had all the facts together. They're already making a statement about Jesus Christ, whether he's real or not. Isn't that true? The world today never experienced him, don't have all the facts. Where's the, when did the universe come into existence? Is there a God beyond all of it? Is the universe still expanding? Uh, all of these things. Did God create something? Did all, is there a God? They make, an, they make an all their decisions, but yet God is still willing to say, I like you. God, we, can, we come to God, he's still willing to pronounce blessing over us and say, hey, I love you. I have, I've seen you. And so he says, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no deceit. Didn't mean Nathaniel was perfect, but this guy was a faithful follower of the teaching of Moses. Nathaniel was the real deal. This morning we preached on uh, unbelieving believers and how there are many unbelieving believers uh, growing in the American church today and around the world. But Nathaniel was the real deal. And I think that's something to understand with Nathaniel that he, he, he was serious about his faith. And Jesus took notice of that. He says, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no deceit. And so Nathaniel says, Well, how do you know me? And Jesus says, I saw you before Philip ever brought you here. I saw you alone under that fig tree in your garden. I think sometimes uh, the most powerful thing, now you can tell me about God and I, and I can tell you about God, but when you have a personal revelation and God speaks into your life, there's nothing else like it. That he had a personal revelation at that moment that he said, how did you know? Probably what happened is Nathaniel, at some time earlier that week or maybe that day, or maybe it was in years ago, there was a moment in Nathaniel's life, and I think we all have those moments, where he was alone with God, meditating and praying and seeking after God to know God and be known by God. 
And there might have been, we don't know the context of this, but if you've ever had someone give you a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom or someone speak into your life, you're like, how did you know that? How could anybody know that? That tells us that God is looking after those that are longing for Him. He has something to tell them that I knew you before you ever formed. I had plans for you. I want to do something in your life. I've got something in store for you. And Nathaniel had one of those moments. It was like, in that, uh, probably, I think he was uh, just very introspective, a humble guy, quiet, or maybe a little sarcastic like a lot of us are, right? And so in that moment, he's like, as soon as Jesus said, I saw you under the fig tree, Nathaniel's like, whoa, how did no one knew that? How did you know what I was thinking? And maybe there was some dreams in Nathaniel's life that he was asking God about. Maybe you've got dreams tonight, things God's told you, things that you've been thinking about alone with God, and God might just be one night at something coming soon, or maybe he's already done it. He's just beginning to speak to you and say, hey, I know what you're thinking. I know what you long for. I know what you want to do with your life, and I'm, I'm interested in it. I want, to, I want to do something with you too. And so in that moment, Jesus became so real to Nathaniel. I think that is where we are at in America today, is Jesus isn't real to so many people anymore. He's just another guy with another message. It's just another church service with another thing to do, another tradition, another, another agenda, another timesheet on my week, you know, another time slot. But in that moment, he says, look at the, uh, the proclamation immediately here. Okay, now listen. This is so very important. The first word he says is rabbi. That means teacher. Immediately he put Jesus above himself and says, I want to follow you. That's what he meant. Like, I want, you, I want to be a disciple of you. I see my friends over here. They're, they're, they're following you. And I, you know, there's five others right there. And Nathaniel's about to be the sixth. He says, you're my teacher, my rabbi. And so he, he says, uh, teacher. But then he even goes further. He says, you are the son of God. That is powerful. You just met this guy, but your friend is vouched for him. He says he's the Messiah. In this moment, there was something so powerfully done in Nathaniel's life that it was such an encounter with God that only God could know, and perhaps it was something very deep in his heart that he was praying about. And Jesus revealed that, kind of like if you think back at the story in John uh, where we meet the Samaritan woman at the well, and Jesus uh, begins to tell her of all of her life and all of her affairs, and she goes and leaves, and she says, this is the guy who's told me everything I've ever done. And she goes and tells the whole village that this guy's the Messiah. It's one of those moments where Jesus just pierces your heart and says, I know you, and he reveals himself to you. And he says, you are the son of God, and then he even goes even further. You are the king of Israel. You're my teacher. You're the son of God. You're the king of Israel. He gave an astounding proclamation that day. Why? Because he experienced Jesus for real. Man, I want people to experience Jesus for real. I don't want you to just take my word on it. Because I could be like Philip and say, hey man, you got to come and see, come on. Come on, you just press into this altar. Let's press into prayer. Let's press into, this guy's awesome, you know. Let's read his word. But all I can really say to you is come and check him out for yourself. Because you have got, each one of us in, in our church and our youth and our kids, have got to have a personal encounter with Jesus Christ, that he becomes so real that you have nothing left to say but that you are the Son of God, you are my King, my Teacher, you're my everything, I follow you. And that, right there in that moment, was Nathaniel's uh, declaration. And Jesus is saying, but all I did was tell you, I saw you under a fig tree. 
Man, you don't have a clue what I'm about to do with you. I mean, you don't even know the journey we're about to be on here. Man, you're going to go through some stuff. You're going to see some stuff. I'm going to walk on water. You don't, even gotta, you don't even know what you're about to see. I just told you you're under a fig tree. And so what faith? Man, we got to have that kind of faith that if Jesus just says this, you know, sweet, still, small voice moments with God, that he becomes so real to us. Are we looking for the big wow? You know, sometimes like I'm waiting for, you know, the, the massive revival and the signs and wonders and the healings, and the miracles. But what about those sweet, still moments with God where he becomes so real to you and you're willing to give everything just because of a whisper of his voice in your alone time? Amen. Amen. It ain't all about the flare and the bang because Elijah did the same thing. It wasn't in the, the thunderstorm and the earthquake. It was in the small whisper of God's voice that he becomes the most real. And so maybe there's questions in your life tonight. Maybe there's things that you're going through. But right now, Jesus is just saying, I'm going to make myself real to you. We want a real experience with Jesus Christ. So in that moment, that's what's happening. This word of knowledge, this word of wisdom. And he sees this Nathaniel praying under the fig tree. How many people, I don't have to show a raise of hands, but maybe the Holy Spirit's ever given you a word to confirm something you're already going through. I think that just shows us that Christ's eye is on us uh, before, he, before we even call out to him, he's already watching. That's awesome. Before we ever ask him, before we ever get to that place in prayer, he's saying, I've been watching you all week long. I've been knowing what you're thinking, knowing what you're going through. Christ sees us in our secret moments. And uh, the awesome thing about Nathaniel, he knew his plans for Nathaniel. He saw him in secret, but he would later make Nathaniel's name known for eternity. Think about that for a moment. There's all, a lot of things this world's going to pass us by. There's going to be a lot of moving, and we're going to, you know, 100 years from now, no one will ever remember Pastor Heath Harris, who pastored Sanctuary Family Worship Center. In Gina, Louisiana, nobody will remember my name in 100 years, probably. You know, maybe my kids, if grandkids, great-great-grandkids. I don't even know my great-great-great-grandfather's name. You know what I mean? We're, we're just going to, we're, we're a vapor. We're a flower, quick, quickly faded. But in those moments, what's most important tonight is that Jesus saw Nathaniel. And he was thinking about him. He was watching him. And he foreknew him. And he would write his name down in eternity forever. And Nathaniel would never be forgotten by God. Isn't that awesome? God will never forget you. Not, God will never move on from you. He's got great plans for you. Not just in this life, but in eternity of plans to come. That's some shouting ground right there. Amen? That God loves us that much that Jesus knows you. He loves you. He chooses you. Because we've got a good God. Amen? And so we even go, let's move on. So Nathaniel joins the band. He becomes the sixth apostle. They travel to Cana. How ironic. The next day they travel to Cana. That's Jesus' first miracle. You know the wedding feast in Cana? It turns water into wine. That's Nathaniel's holding town. Did you ever put those two together? He just called him. He's from Cana. Goes to the wedding feast. Maybe Nathaniel's family. I don't know. Maybe he's like, hey, got this great guest. <laughs> Can I have a plus one? I'm going to bring Jesus. You know, uh, that's not how it happened, but I'm just going off on it. All right. So they witnessed the first miracle there. And then they went to Capernaum and they rallied up with Peter's home and there at the Sea of Galilee. And then we have that great interaction with Jesus officially calling the rest. Uh, and so uh, there we have it. The first six apostles have joined together. And all of them were privy to this special witness of Christ. You've got to think about all the things these guys saw and were privileged to, to see. You know, Jesus walking on water, feeding the 5,000, the 4,000. Uh, you know, uh, the transfiguration and, and all these things. He, healing of Jairus' daughter. 
Now, we know the, the big three, Peter, James, and John, were on the inner circle and saw most of those things. But all the apostles were still there. And there came a defining moment in all their lives where Jesus says, you must eat of me and drink of me. And all the other people, the crowd left, but yet these 12 guys stayed. So there's something there that with Nathaniel, that when all else left, that personal encounter with Jesus Christ, that moment under the fig tree still had a hold of him to such a degree that I can still proclaim today, even if everybody leaves you, Jesus, even if everybody forsakes you, Jesus, you are still my teacher, the son of God and my king. And so how real is the revelation of Jesus Christ to you? That's the question. How personal is that revelation to you? How have you really experienced him that nothing can shake you because you know that you know that you know this guy is who he says he is? Amen? And so what does that say about Nathaniel's conviction? So he would see all these great things, just like Jesus had promised. And the Jesus ascension, what would he see? He would see those angels ascending and descending, Jesus there going up to the throne. So everything was promised to him. And there's some history about Nathaniel. So that's his ministry with Jesus. We really don't know much about him. He kind of disappears off the radar of, of, of of, of record and history. But legend would tell us and tradition would tell us that uh, Nathaniel, um, he would take the epistle of Matthew and he would preach it uh, in the preach the gospel in India. Uh, we don't know all that for sure, but that's pretty good indication that he would become a missionary and go to India and take the first gospel of Matthew there. Um, Mark was written first, but then we got Matthew. Uh, and then the biggest tradition says that he would go to Armenia. And the tradition would say at Armenia, he would, be convert, he would convert the very king of the country. But the brother of the king would get angry and have Nathaniel arrested. Some traditions say that he had him beheaded, but the most reputable tradition says that they actually skinned him alive because he was preaching the gospel. Now, I don't know about you. That don't sound like a lot of fun. And what a bad way to go. And then they would crucify him upside down after that. How real is your personal revelation of Jesus Christ? That no matter what, his name means gift of the king. That I could give my life for the king. Think about it. So real. So real. So personal. So experiential. This this encounter with God, a revelation of who he was, led him to a place where he would leave his home, go to multiple countries, and go through a horrific death, all because he met Jesus. Hebrews says the world was not even worthy of them. It's true. It's true. So Nathaniel has proven faithful he illustrates, uh, I think of Nathaniel a lot. Uh, when I think about Nathaniel, I really think often of this good church kid who was the kid who grew up in church and continued to follow God, avoiding sin, striving to live a pleasing, good life in the Word. Uh, you know, that's hard to find in the culture today, to find a kid who sticks with the church from youth into adulthood. And that would have been Nathaniel who stayed with God. But then it was more than just a religion. There was a moment in there. It was more than just religion where God got a radical encounter with him. 
And I think I follow this story more because that's kind of my story. I was that good, quiet church mouse kid who sat in the back row and made fun of the Pentecostal movement, right? But there became a moment in my life, even though I never left the church, I never went into drugs or alcohol or sex, but that still was not enough. Even doing all the do's and the don'ts wasn't enough. I was still a horrible person on the inside. But then there came a moment at an altar one revival night where I actually met God through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And God became so real in that moment that it changed my life forever and set me on a course to missions and ministry and to be a preacher. When I was a shy, quiet kid, I had to take Pepto-Bismol just to take a test, you know. But God is so real to me now. And you can't tell me God is not real. I've met him. I feel him. I know him. I see him. I sense him. I believe him, right? And so uh, I want to celebrate. I think there's something we should be celebrating our youth that stay with God, that, that remain. You know, I think we, we celebrate a lot of times those. And, I, and I, me personally, I love like our Celebrate Recovery where we celebrate the darkness into the light, the transformation of those who who have gone through that and left the Lord. But I think there's also time to celebrate those who say, I stayed with him, right? Because Jesus never sinned, and he's still related to every sinner, right? And there's something to celebrate about living faithfully for the Lord. You can ask any of those drug addicts and any of those people who have gone through divorce and adultery and all that, they would have rather not done it and stayed with God all those years. We want those great testimonies, though, you know? They sound great, and they are great. Don't get me wrong. But there's something to celebrate about a man like Nathaniel. He says, I love the Lord from birth. I was faithful as an Israelite, but then I really met Jesus and I became an even more faithful Christian. I'm giving my life up for him. And I see Nathaniel as faithful. I see him as humble and hidden. He wasn't a priest or a scribe or royalty, but to Christ he was still worthy. And it doesn't matter what your education is. It doesn't matter what pedigree you have or what school or seminary or, or Bible knowledge you have. Jesus Christ can still use you. He sees you as worthy. All he wants you to have is a personal revelation and encounter with him, right? I pray that you have a fig tree moment with Jesus Christ, even maybe tonight. And you know what? Nathaniel never wrote any books of the Bible. We don't hear about him much more after that. You know, not all the Gospels... Uh, all the apostles wrote everything, and I think there's something to be said about hidden men and women of God who do some unseen works for Jesus Christ. The Bible says the last will be uh, the first will be last, and the last will be first. And uh, no matter even if you're a fig tree kind of person, you're just kind of alone with God. God can do some great things through you if you just step out in faith. And history may never tell your name or your stories or all your great works. And all the people you've helped and the money you've given, but Jesus Christ will know. And he's going to reward you accordingly. Amen? They don't have to have my name up in lights. It's just going to be me and Jesus. And if he started out that fig tree moment, he was happy enough that that was all he needed. You know what I mean? He didn't need to be some great apostle. He didn't need to be some guy with his name on the billboard and face out there and, and have the fame and recognition. But I'm just happy that Jesus saw me under a fig tree. And called me by name and had a plan for me. Amen? Amen. Uh, let's pray tonight. I just want us to think about this. That, uh, I want us to each have a holy revelation of a real God. I want a revelation of a real God. I want a personal experience with Jesus Christ. It's not enough just to hear other people talk about Him. It's not enough just to hear somebody invite you to church. It's not enough to even just be inviting other people to church. But we need it in... Not just say, hey, come to church with me, but we want to tell you, hey, I want you to meet this guy named Jesus. 
He's awesome. He's the King of kings, the Lord of lords. And uh, we just want to go to a time of uh, just responding in prayer tonight. I'm just going to ask, uh, yeah, worship team, why don't you come back up?